watering. I'm more prepared for this interview than they were for the bloody D-Day landings. My poor, overtaxed brain is chock-a-block with every detail it can hold regarding the company's business practices and methods. Tucked under one arm is my portfolio, which includes various new chocolate designs and flavours I've come up with, along with the receipts from the shop, right up until just before the crunch came along and ruined everything. I am determined to get this job. I am a modern, powerful, creative woman who will not be denied. Sadly, I'm also feeling a bit queasy as I board the 8.15 to Waterloo from a drizzle-soaked Southampton. I put the unpleasant feeling down to Saturday night and the excesses of Charlie's birthday party. It's never taken me two whole days to recover before— but I figure I'm in my thirties now, so it's probably only going to get worse. The journey by train is spent revising and trying to ignore the two chavs at the back of the carriage. Both are clearly already drunk, and one is probably mentally challenged to boot. He has that irritating song, Fucking Perfect by Pink, playing at full volume from his mobile phone, and keeps singing along with the chorus, making a particular effort to scream the line, You're fucking perfect to me, at the top of his lungs. There must be a class somewhere that these people join to learn how to be as annoying to other members of the public as possible. I imagine the first lesson is how to stop in the middle of a busy street to hit your kids, up to a final lecture about how to most effectively drive your immediate neighbours insane with parties that go on to three in the morning and aggressive, smelly pit bull terriers. The two I'm stuck with must have excelled in the session devoted to antisocial behaviour on public transport. Thankfully, the annoyance disappears when a muscular train guard, who looks in no mood for hijinks of this sort, stalks past my seat and neatly ejects both of the little sods at Woking before they can vandalise the train. Once in London, the cab ride to the Hotel Chocolat offices costs an arm, a leg, and part of my lower intestine, but I arrive good and early, ready to dazzle and wow my prospective employers to the point of them needing sunglasses. First is the half-an-hour wait in front of the receptionist. This seems to be a compulsory part of job interviewing these days. There must be some sort of manual for employers that suggests a good way to soften up applicants is to have them sit directly across from your receptionist in uncomfortable silence for 30 minutes. This one is about 22 and wearing more makeup than the bloody joker. I'm hoping for a loud noise off to one side just to see if the slap she's wearing falls off her face if her head moves too quickly. The phone on her desk rings and the clown princess of crime picks it up. They're ready for you now, Mrs. Newman, she tells me through her four layers of foundation. Thanks, I reply, getting up and worrying at my skirt, which has inexplicably developed several large creases despite the fact I've been sitting still for half an hour. My heart is hammering in my chest like a caffeine-injected blacksmith as I pick up the portfolio beside me. I wobble past Heath Ledger towards an expensive mahogany door. It's opened by a shiny young man in a dapper grey suit. He offers me the kind of smile I've only seen before on the face of a used car salesman. Good morning, Mrs. Newman, he says. Please, take a seat. He gestures to a chair in front of an expensive mahogany desk, There must be a mahogany salesman in the city somewhere with a gold-plated toilet. Good morning, I reply. Good morning? 
What the hell does God morning mean? I mean to say good morning, of course, but my nerves got the better of me. He's going to think I'm some kind of weirdo, God-bothering religious fruitcake now. Good morning, I say. He smiles at me again in a slightly confused fashion and walks round to join his two colleagues behind the desk. One of these is a thin, pleasant-looking black man in a crisp blue suit, and the other is the actor Christopher Biggins. I blink a couple of times. How is this possible? Since when did Biggins, portly comedian and star of many a bawdy television romp in the 1980s, change careers and become an executive for a chocolate company? I blink again. It's not him, thank God. He just looks uncannily like Christopher Biggins. Relief washes over me. I don't do well in the presence of celebrities, even minor ones. I once saw Brian from Big Brother in Best Buy and nearly peed myself. The thought of having to conduct...